0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, campus worship. Um, and in case you don't know, I'm Jennifer Ulrich. I'm one of the librarians here at Eastern Mennonite University and your host for campus worship today. So what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? Micah 6:8. Today we will hear from three storytellers as they reflect on themes from EMU's Common Read. Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Bryan Stevenson. Um, BMU's common read is chosen each year by the Intellectual Life Committee. And the books are chosen to help us collectively focus on big questions. And then we do that through literature, through fiction and nonfiction, and other types of literature. Um, If you haven't had a chance to read Just Mercy, we still have a few copies at the library if you wanna pick up one for yourself. So let's open with a prayer from um, Voices Together. You don't need to, unless you wanna follow along, you can. But, um, so this is Voices Together 955. Come among us, Holy Spirit, and create a community of learning. Help us grow in wisdom and understanding, in skills and strength, in knowledge that honors you. Teach us to know you, ourselves and our neighbors more fully, to see your presence in the world more clearly, to love more deeply with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Form us as doers of justice, lovers of mercy, as we walk humbly with you and one another on this path of learning, amen. So this morning we have three storytellers from our community in Harrisonburg. Uh, Dr. Jerry Holzapel, who's the professor of visual and communication arts um, here at EMU, will share original songs inspired by his meeting with Brian Stevenson, who's the author of Just Mercy. Um, Jerry is an artist, photographer, and a renowned videographer. Teaches photography and digital media-related courses at EMU. And then we'll hear from Reverend Castella Forney, who serves as the pastor of John Wesley United Methodist Church here in Harrisonburg. And our third speaker will be Daryl Hostetter, who is a graduate of Eastern Mennonite College in 1977 and the seminary in 1982. Um, He served as chaplain of the Rockingham County Jail from 1975 to 79, partnered with Swazi indigenous church leaders in Bible studies and leadership development in (coughs) Swatina, Southern Africa for about 11 years, and was a volunteer chaplain at Lancaster County Prison in uh, 2013 to 18 and is presently retired, but um, relating to t- five to ten incarcerated individuals and um, returning citizens in Pennsylvania and Virginia. So, if our speakers could just come up in that order, that would be great. So, let's hear from our speakers.
1: Thinking about this, I pulled out uh, the 80-page transcript of my interview with Brian Stevenson, and I thought I would just read one quote. If people of faith, if people who understand what it means to be redeemed, people who understand what grace is about, don't step forward and begin struggling against the problems that are so pervasive, we will not make any forward progress, and we won't be good stewards of our communities and of our experiences. I think we've got a mandate and I think Christ commands us to serve and to struggle. It is not just to make us feel better about who we are. It's something that's essential to understanding who we are. I'm going to do two songs. The second one I'm going to invite some uh, of my friends from mostly theater and other places. What struck me on uh, my life journey is that entering places that are deeply in struggle and deeply in trauma is not equal to not finding hope. And so I'm going to sing a song, How Can You See Such Beauty and Not Be Full of Hope. And this has four stories in it. Well, lots more. But anyway, the first story, I'm just going to give you a brief And uh, when you get to be my age, you can't always keep track of years, so I have no idea what year this was. But it was early in my time going to Lithuania. I was standing at a circle in Panarie, the largest uh, site of the Holocaust in Lithuania, and Rina said, this is where my grandfather died. And we took that in as a group, and we processed that. Then Zane, a student from Latvia, said, I called my grandmother after the stuff you've been telling us. I mean, her, yeah, she called her grandmother and she said, you know that my brother collaborated with the Nazis in killing the Jews. And here the two of them stood. Uh, the second verse is about Anna. This, I met her, she was uh, like in her late 70s, uh, sat on her front porch and she told me about her story of, being a part of the freedom movement, she was five when the war ended. And eventually she became part of the freedom movement, which was protests against the Soviet Union and its occupation. And she would tell me that her and her husband would draw straws to see which one got to go. Because they wanted someone to be at home if they didn't come back for the kids. Wow. Uh, and I still see her smile. Uh, the third verse involves like a whole bunch of people. Lawrence Hart, who's a Cheyenne peace chief and a Mennonite pastor. John Perkins, who I spent uh, a week with, was a civil rights protester. And now I met him and he was hanging out with and he was beaten almost to death by the sheriff. And now he hangs out with the sheriff and they try to figure out ways to stop incarceration. Fascinating story. And then the last verse just throws in everything I can imagine. Uh, boy soldiers in Liberia uh, who by 12 were part of the fighting forces and now were being reclaimed Uh, lads which stands for Catholics in Northern Ireland learning to get along with the prods down the street Uh, and if you've ever been to Belfast they have this thing called a peace wall (laughs) yeah these didn't need a peace wall because the peace wall didn't work anyway. And I'm going to show four images that I did based on the Sermon on the Mount. The last two will be Lawrence Hart, the Cheyenne Peace Chief, and John Perkins, the uh, civil rights person.
2: How can you see such beauty and not be full of hope? How can you look in their eyes and not see the light? How can you hear the story and not receive the gift? How can you see such beauty and not be full of hope? Gina stands at the circle placed in the ground where German shot and tortured her grandfather. Zani looks in in horror cause her uncle held the gun. Now they stand here as simple How can you see such beauty and not be full of hope? How can you look in their eyes and not see the light? How can you hear the story and not receive the gift? How can you see such beauty and not be full of hope from presidential palace to a polar cap prison her father's long journey under iron-fisted stalin standing in the line eye to eye with soviet tanks Anna's his wrinkles gather around her smile. Don't forget Lawrence, the forgiving peace chief. John beat by the sheriff. To surviving brutal abuse Now the encourager The brave speakers of hidden truth How can you see such beauty And not be full of hope How can you look in their eyes And not see How can you hear the story and not receive the gift? How can you see such beauty and not be full of hope? Boy soldiers reclaimed playing marbles in the shade orange trees planted where once only mud laid lads playing checkers with the prods from down the street not needing a dividing wall of peace how can you see such beauty and not be full of hope How can you look in their eyes, and not see the light? How can you hear the story, and not receive the gift? How can you see such beauty, and not be full of hope?
1: The second song I'm going to do, and I'll invite my friends up, um, is a song in response. And as I was thinking about this song, this is uh, when I was with Brian Stevenson, and I don't know if you've read the book or watched the movie, but uh, I went in the middle, well, actually the early stages of his case uh, dealing with uh, Macmillan, which was the bulk of the movie book. Uh, well, the movie, not the book, but... and. This was in 1992, I can verify that because that's what the interview says. (laughs) Uh, And we, long interview, I really had a great time there. He was still in his house, we uh, checked into his work, all these kind of things. And near the end, and this was probably for my own selfish uh, things, And when you're young you don't realize why you do some things, but in retrospect given that Six months before I'd been in Los Angeles, uh, the week after the Rodney King riots, I uh, spent a week there with uh, members of the black church trying to figure out how to respond to this. I uh, did a video on that and had traveled to Albuquerque and was receiving stories of women who had sexually abused. Uh, I don't know what was the matter with me diving into these things. But anyway, I, sat, I said to Brian, how do you keep going? because you lose, and I wasn't saying this to be mean, you lose as many cases as you win and maybe more. And he said to me, let me tell you a story. So during the civil rights uh, bus boycott, the people were gathered at a church and the young people, and I find I, this is the part I really like, especially now that I'm getting up there in age, uh, they said." The young people said, maybe we should stop the bus boycott because, like, it's really hard on these women to walk all these miles to their jobs. And Brian said, one of the older women stood up at the back of the church and said, my feet may be tired, but my soul is rested. I can go on a while. So I wrote this song for all those people who can go on a while.
2: Go the way and go. and my memory is, seared. My memory is i can go on a while because my soul is arrested though the way seems bar, the way seems bar- and, they to kill. and they threaten to kill i can go on a while because my soul is rested oh, I can go on a while. I can go on a while. I can go on because my soul is rested, We're gonna do verse one again
1: and putting the lyrics up here. You're welcome to join in.
2: Though the way seems hard, though the way seems hard and my feet are tired. And my feet are tired. I can go on a while cause my soul is Though the way seems dark, dark. and my eyes are scared, I can go on a while.
3: I can go on
2: a while. I can go on a while. I can go on a while. I can go. On
4: Good morning. Oh, you could do better than that. Good morning. It's a beautiful February day and we're here in the chapel to uh fellowship together and to be enlightened. That's 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 kind of what I'm sensing in my um, in my spirit that um a lot of things aren't talked about enough, or even if they are, we don't have a clear understanding. And um, I pray that uh, that's what my little testimony will give. And certainly, Dr. Uh, Hospital, your, um, your writing and the lyrics are, were just beautiful. And it, it depicted, it told the stories. It told the stories. Very lovely. Touch my soul. And as the lovely lady uh, told you, and it's on the program, my name is Reverend Costello Forney. And I want to thank uh, Celeste and Brian uh, for inviting me here this morning. It's an honor a privilege. Um, I did uh, take some classes here. A uh, year before last, uh, for my course of study, uh, t- continuing education, rather, um, being a pastor, a uh, licensed local pastor, uh, for the in the United uh, Methodist Virginia Conference. When uh, I talked to Celeste, I asked her about, uh, I said, well, I haven't read the book. You know, I ha- I haven't read the book, and I said, um, so I can't speak from the standpoint of the book, so I can only really speak from my experience. And she said, that's exactly what we would like to hear. So before I go on, um, I just want to make a statement, and it's, and it's not out of anger, it's not out of resentment, it's not, um, it has no negative... Um, basis I have no negative basis for it, but it's the truth. And uh, and this statement is Virginia is not the state. Harrisonburg is not the city. Rockingham County is not the county that one should get in trouble with with the law and, and have one's fate in its judicial system. They do not play. Once you're in, it's very hard to get out, period. As I said, my name is Reverend Costello Forney, and I'm the pastor of John Wesley United Methodist Church here in Harrisonburg in the Northeast uh, community. But I'm also an ex-felon. I'm also a grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. I am the proud mother of four adult children, 12 grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. I am a native of Harrisonburg, born here in 1953, at the time for people of color this society and all through Virginia was segregated. Discrimination and prejudice were experienced on a day-to-day basis. The N-word was commonly used by white folks back then also. I had the honor, uh, which I am so glad and happy about now, to attend Lucy F. Sims, an uh, all-African-American school, back then from the grades of kindergarten to the sixth grade. And then because of desegregation in the late 60s, uh, blacks and whites We were allowed to be educated together. Uh, Things were changing rapidly. Then came the urban renewal plan that swept through the Northeast community, taking from the uh, black community all that we had to show for our work, our grandparents, our ancestors, everything. Uh, Family homes and businesses were torn down uh, to make way for what was called progress, the change that was needed in our fair city, the friendly city of Harrisonburg. So you see, uh, in, I came into this world no stranger to injustice. Growing up, it's not just in the legal system; it's not just in certain things. It across the board. There are so many injustices that we have to pay, and that other we all experience from one time to the to to the or another. And needless to say, the very strict upbringing that I endured added a lot of fuel to the fire that had already been started in my soul. I became an angry, rebellious adult and was determined to do things my way. Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra didn't have, have the dibs on that song. I did it my way, because I, I, I really, you know, I would have made millions and still been a millionaire or a zillionaire or something if I sang it for real. I was a victim of domestic violence from the late 70s to, to the 90s. And believe me, believe me, back then it seemed whenever the law was called or involved, me and my children did not get justice or even there was no mercy considered, uh, and we didn't get what we should have. Things weren't done the way they should have been done. The good old boy syndrome you know that look after the men and and think women are just supposed to be do what do what they're told barefoot and pregnant after the divorce i entered a relationship with the man who ended up being my co-defendant in a series of convenience store robberies in seven different jurisdictions here in virginia in december of 1999 As a result of my being with him and having knowledge of what was going on, I was convicted and sentenced to 49 and one-half years in prison. I was housed at the Fluvanna Correctional Center for Women, Virginia's maximum security prison, where I served 16 and a half years. The lead Commonwealth attorney in Harrisonburg gave false statements to the Daily News Record. This was done not only done here in Harrisonburg, but in other, other jurisdictions in order to exploit me. I was told by an investigator uh, early on after being interrogated uh, that night after, uh, after being arrested that You made a big mistake. You made a big mistake uh, because, number one, you're a woman. Number two, you're black. And you came down here and and wanted to take something from these good old boys and take their money. And they're not going to have it. One of my court-appointed lawyers said, if you would have kept your mouth shut, You wouldn't even be here right now. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. There were several ways that I could have been prosecuted and tried, but I was prosecuted and and tried in in the way that I could get as much time as possible. I knew that the stage was set just by all of this that I had seen. One of my lawyers also said, It doesn't matter what your plea is or or what you have to say. We have you. We have you. The judge, the Commonwealth attorney, and the and the and the court appointed lawyers are all employed by the state. They all want the same thing. I believe that they get together over lunch or after a golf game and decide what the offender's outcome will be. What a cast. What a play. What a job. Mm. In my first sentencing hearing, the commonwealth attorney said, this woman should be put so far back in the prison that sunlight will have to be pumped into her. The veins in the side of his neck were, 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 were just palpitating. He turned red as a beat. He was serious. He wasn't, he wasn't playing. He looked at me like I was the most disgusting person in the world. But while I was in jail, I did renew my relationship with God. After speaking with the pastor and bearing my soul to him, telling him everything everything from the beginning of my, that I could remember, from, as far back as I could remember up until that time. He told me that I needed to read the Bible and find out what a vow is. And once I was good with what it was and what it meant and was willing to, to make a vow with God, that that's what I needed to do. So needless to say, I did make a vow to God, and that was that if you will help me, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I never thought or felt and still don't think or feel that I should have not gone to prison for my participation in these crimes. But I did do still think and feel that I was given a very harsh sentence, seeing that no one was harmed, at least physically. The small amount of money that was taken, even after hearing the testimony of family and friends, and the extenuating circumstances that were not taken into consideration. But I'm here to tell you that one of the reasons uh, harsher sentences were impo- imposed not just on me but others during that time was because of what is called offender loading, which means that that the courts, the, the judges give out sentences, impose sentences to secure that the beds are filled in the prisons, because after all, empty beds means less profit for the stockholders in this business of locking people up, in this business of incarceration. All I can say, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, from the depths of my soul, that the God that I serve is true, and the God that I pray all of you serve is truly a God of justice and mercy. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before him. This is Psalms 89:14. Dear ones, our God is just. And if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be without his grace and his mercy? I would not be standing here before you today. Justice and mercy is a part of God's character, which means he's always just, because as the Bible tells us, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Can I get an amen on that? All right. Yeah, my paper wants to stick together. (laughs) I'm getting to the good part. <laughs> he God cannot be unjust. And he defines and sets the standards for us his children for justice. As I heard said uh as 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 the doctor said uh earlier before he started singing, we need to come together. We need to stand up. We need to 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 promote this justice, to ensure this justice, to become instruments of justice and and show mercy towards each other and help to advocate for those who need it. I did over 16 years in prison, but to me, I came out smelling like a rose. Only God could do that. He kept his word, and I am determined to keep mine. There are so many unjust laws that need to change here in Virginia. I can't compare uh, Virginia to any 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 other state because I just experienced everything here. But in 1995, they they uh, put in effect the new law, which demands that a convicted felon will serve 85 to 92% of their sentence, no matter how small or how, or, or how long. And I know this to be true because, and in the, in the severity of the sentences is because some people, they wanted, uh, he, that I know of that I was incarcerated with, had 600 years so who can do 600 years so it, it 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 so it goes back to the fact of what i was saying being being in in in, in this system you know they want to make sure they want to they want to make sure no no one i mean if you if you really want to be if you want to give somebody life just give them life but to, just to put 600 years i think is cruel and and and, and, and very unreasonable Therefore, in my case, if I had not made that vow and if I had not surrendered and turned my life around and asked Jesus to enter my heart and renewed and renewed my commitment to be a Christian, I would still be incarcerated and most likely would not have lived to walk out of the prison gate like I did in 2016, June the 10th, 2016 because my release date still is if i if i if i would mess up or or go back may 13th 2041 so with all of that being said i pray that we all stay on the on the right road and never have to deal with these things or these issues. But if you do, if you do, if someone or you know someone that does, Jesus is still the way. Jesus is still the truth. And Jesus is still the life. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you so much, Costello. Can you imagine a country that holds 25% of the world's prisoners and has only 4% of the world's population? That's us, the United States of America. Brian Stevenson said, How can a nation that has so many Christians feel right about this fact? Today, over 50% of prison and jail inmates in the United States have diagnosed mental illness, a rate nearly five times greater than that of the general adult population. There are more than three times the number of seriously mentally ill individuals in jail or prison than in hospitals. In some states, that number is 10 times. Brian also said, Proximity has taught me some basic humbling truths, including this vital lesson. Each of us us is more than the worst thing that we've ever done. Each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. My work, and this is, a, this is a Brian to continue, my work with the poor and the incarcerated has persuaded me that the opposite of slavery, the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is justice. The true measure of our character is how we treat the poor, the disfavored, the accused, the incarcerated, and the condemned. Now I know some of you will be called to address The systems of our unjust criminal justice system, while others of you will be called to address how we as Christians often find ourselves being on the side of condemnation rather than mercy. Where I'm finding myself right now is building relationships with incarcerated individuals and returning citizens. And this comes out of, the stories I share comes out of that. A few other comments about our dear, loving God. God's love seeks to heal rather than condemn. Restoring humanity again. Yes, we need it. God's love seeks justice over penalization. There's great need for systemic change in our criminal justice system as our sister just shared with us. Relationships built out of God's love grants respect, trust, vulnerability and worth. And as we know, love, learning and trust goes both ways. It's not one-way street. And this is why I've been blessed richly with Many of these relationships were four or five years from working uh, as a volunteer chaplain at the Lancaster County Prison in Pennsylvania. A little bit about some of the stories where racism is pretty uh, blatant. These are friends of color. Ted, almost 14 years in prison for a crime that he says he did not do, and I believe him. He was told by his Court-appointed attorney, you've got a plea bargain because you will get less time. He was not well represented by his attorney. He felt pressured to plea bargain rather than to hold the truth of his innocence. I must say that being pressurized to plea bargain over holding one's innocence is very common among many inmates that I've learned to know. Rambo. 25 years old, has a life sentence for killing his former girlfriend, whom he says he was killed while they fought over a gun. Rambo says that he was trying to keep her from killing herself. But Rambo got freaked when he realized his former girlfriend was dead in his car, him being black and she being white. Who would believe his story? Now Rambo is a follower of Jesus today. He dreams of being a pastor, a Christian husband, and a Christian father. And he's already living this out, much in his prison where he's at in Pennsylvania. He knows the New Testament better than I do and leads worship and Bible studies each week. But he's dealing with a lot of trauma. Another instance when I was working with a fellow chaplain, Willie, Lancaster County Prison, he being a person of color. He exited cell block just before me and suddenly the dogs came barking and yelling and Rushing at him, they were quickly brought under control. Later, as we were leaving the prison, correction officer, on observing the incident, told us that that was planned, to scare the fellow chaplain, Willie, who happened to be black. I don't think this would have been done to me. Brian Stevens says a little bit on grace and vulnerability. Our brokenness is also the source of our common humanity, the basis of our shared search for comfort, meeting, and healing. Our shared vulnerability and imperfection nurtures and stains our capacity for compassion. A few stories from that. Latif, I've known for about five years says, even when it seems like the system is unjust and not being fair, he looks for ways to assist others. He acknowledged to me that looking back and remembering God's grace and care in his life opens doors to extending the kind of grace to others. He told me he prays for those who he seemed to get in the most trouble with. And Ted... most of his 14 years helping the handicapped and elderly in prison. Though he says he was never guilty of the crime he was charged, his positivity, encouragement of others, and his grace helps me to believe in the special caring person he is. He just got freed in December. Latif again shared with me something that I found very encouraging. And I quote him: "When someone says to you that they don't believe in God, I say, that's okay because he believes in you." Latif reaches out to those who are looked down upon or need some encouragement. He made a big transformation. I tried to encourage him to go to a Christian transition house uh, when he first got out of prison, and he said. No way, because there's sex offenders there. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Now, because of his deeper walk with Jesus, he's reaching out to sex offenders in prison who are feeling vulnerable because they're also hated in prison by most inmates. He also says, when I lose my cool with someone, I want to be quick to go and apologize, despite the fact that most inmates see that as weakness. And if you've grown up in Philadelphia on the streets where your fists and fighting and your physique got you respect, this has been a real journey for him uh, in walking with Jesus to find a different way. I have to tell you about a story he just told me a few weeks ago. A guy in in prison was, publicly exposing him about being a snitch, working with the authorities in the past. This really undermined his reputation and his goodwill, and he got mad and angry and was ready to take revenge. He'd already got a homemade weapon, and he was planning on going to his cell block to, to meet this guy, to fight him. Somehow, I'm not sure how it worked in his prison, but he, as he was contemplating and preparing this, he got message of an email had come in. He wasn't expecting. He went, he said, I want to read that email. Who is that from anyhow? Just so happened that that week I decided to write him an email out of the blue. Because of that email and by affirmation of him, he changed his mind, and went back to his cell block, repented of what he was about to do. And it kept him from probably being hurt or the other guy being hurt, going to the hole for a number of weeks. Remember what an encouraging email or encouraging letter can do in times like that. Follow God's nudges that come your way. Ted said, don't take for granted the gift of friendship you have, because many persons in prison struggle to have one or two. When I got to know him in Lancaster County Prison, he said there was no one that he had who cared about him outside of prison. So I've been the only one on his uh, list of visitors for a number of years, till recently his brother found him in prison after 25 years, thinking that's the last place he would find him, because that's not the kind of person he is. C. C Stud sent me an unexpected letter on my birthday last month. He said, this world could be so much better if people only had a friend like you. Where are our friendships need to go? Just one last story. But I want to share this from Brian Stevenson. The power of just mercy is not that it belongs to the undeserving. it's when mercy is least expected that it's most potent. Strong enough to break the cycle of victimization and victimhood, retribution and suffering. It is a power to heal the psychic harm and injuries that lead to aggression and violence, abuse of power, and mass incarceration. Eric just got out of prison here in our community. I'm using pseudonames in all cases here. Uh, And he met a realtor who he had asked and his sister had asked to come to appraise his mother's house who had died when he was in prison. For some reason, Eric opened up his life to the realtor. And this is where all of us, who are you going to meet today? This realtor, as a result of that, went home, got his wife, came back, spent the whole afternoon fixing up his house, um, working with Eric, which began a relationship now only about six, seven weeks old. They spent Christmas together. in in the realtor's home. Eric, and when I was talking with him, he said, I've been struggling to make new friends, and here God has given me some friends I had no idea were out there. You might be some of those friends. When we hear that Jesus died for our sins, I think that Jesus loves mercy. When I hear that Jesus was killed for standing up for evil, I believe Jesus loves justice. How will each of us be involved in Jesus' ministry of loving mercy and doing justice and walking humbly with our God?
0: Thank you so much, Jerry. And- um, Reverend Forney and Daryl, so much for your stories. Um, we will, as a community, we will continue to think about these themes um, with other events. One I want to point out is the ACE Festival speaker, Reuben Jonathan Miller, whose book Halfway Home, Race, Punishment, and the Afterlife, Incar- Afterlife of M- Mass Incarceration. Um, we'll be our guest speaker for ACE Festival in April, and then we're, I'm sure we're all excited that Brian Stevenson will be our commencement speaker um, this for graduation this year. Um, I just want to reiterate, um, I think what Daryl said at the end, what does the Lord require of us but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God? Um, Emma, uh, who have some announcements, I think. Thank you, everybody.
5: Thank you again to all of our storytellers for your time um, and for sharing with us your truths. Um, I'd just like to spotlight some campus events coming up. Um, Tomorrow, 9.30 here in this building is Himsing. We'd love to see you here for that. Friday is the Emotionally Healthy Women Bible Study um, that is led by some of our student chaplains. so um, we'd love to see you there as well. That's 7.30 in, um, in UC um, 176. There is not going to be celebration this Sunday due to the Super Bowl, um, but we'd love to see you here in Martin Chapel next Sunday at 9 um, for that worship service. And then coming up next week, um, Share the Love Food Drive, sponsored by YServe. Um, Donations will be accepted from Monday the 14th to Monday the 21st um, and those donations are accepted at those sites um, around campus. More information on all of these is found at emu.edu events. Um, and then finally, um, next Thursday at 7.30 is the Black History Month Poetry Slam. Um, which is hosted by BSA every year. Um, Again, all this information and more is on the calendar of events. Um, Thank you all for coming today. Go in the peace and power of Christ's resurrection to love and serve God and your neighbor.